Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a minute and go before the Lord this morning in prayer. Let's think about the night that he was betrayed. Jesus, we praise you for your sacrifice. Lord, put it, as, put it in us by your spirit, Lord. We can't fathom, we can't understand in our flesh what you did. But we pray by your Holy Spirit this morning, God, put it in our spirit, Lord. Let us be there with you. Let us be there with you the night that you were betrayed, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the body of Jesus, your body that you gave for us, your body that was broken for us. We thank you for your blood that was shed for us, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you showed us in your word the mysteries of heaven. And you said, do this in remembrance of me. Lord, how often do we forget you, Lord? How often? Lord, we do this today in remembrance of you and what you did for us for eternity for eternity the power of that night the power of the last supper the power of the body and the blood that you said would be for us to do in remembrance of you you knew that night lord that you would give your body and your blood for your people for a complete redemption, for a complete healing from our brokenness. Oh God, we receive it this morning by the power of your Holy Ghost. And Lord, we come before you with this gift that you've given us, the gift of Holy Communion. And Lord, we receive it this morning together as this body here today this so important body, every person, every one, God, meant to be here today. Every person here today because you have made us for such a time as this. And so, Lord, we, we look at your words. We look at your words. And we see, Lord, that you said, this is my body. This is my body, which is given for you. Lord, let's just take it this morning and let's hold the wafer in our hand together. I don't even know how you do it. Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you for your body. And we receive it this morning by the power of the Holy Ghost. We lift it before you, Jesus. 
we lift it before you as you lifted it to your disciples and you said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me do this let's partake together let's partake of the body and Lord as we partake together we receive your healing this morning your healing for our brokenness your body broken for us hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you thank you Lord hallelujah, hallelujah. and then he said the night before he was betrayed This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And Jesus, we thank you this morning. We lift it up to you, Lord. We pray, oh God, redeem us again and again, Lord, as we partake. Wash away our sin. Wash away our weaknesses. Lord, you took every sin to the cross. Every one you took. And Lord, we do this in surrender to you and in remembrance of you this morning. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. It is everything to us, Lord. Let us partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just take a minute and just thank him. Jesus, thank you for all that you've done, all that you've provided. We worship you. We worship you for the sacrifice that you made. We worship you for your death, your life given for us, and your resurrection. Lord, you went and you got the keys of hell and death, and you rose and Lord, we praise you for that. We serve a living God. We serve a living God. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your name this morning. Bless each person here and those listening. Bless each person as they partake of the body and blood of Jesus, Lord. And we honor you. We honor you, Lord Jesus, this morning. Praise your holy name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, amen? All the time. All right, we're going to, a couple things I want us to uh, keep in our minds throughout the week. Throughout the weeks, I should say. But we need to be praying also for those that in Afghanistan are left. You know, and praying for the church over there. You know, my wife shared a video with me the other day about the underground church in Kabul. On how the underground ch church in Kabul is now with the Lord. They've all been martyred. And it's just uh, amazing what's going on over there right now. We don't know 
exactly what's going on over there. But we know that they are hunting Americans down, and they're hunting Christians down. And, you know, and, and we know this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, you know. So we just need to, as a remembrance, to keep praying for all the saints around the world. We need to be praying and lifting them up because they are going through struggles and hardships that we can't even imagine. You know, and don't even want to imagine, to be honest with you. I don't want to imagine the hardships and struggles they're going through here in the United States. I couldn't imagine that. But So let's keep them lifted up in prayer. Throughout your prayers, we need to be praying. The Word says we need to be praying for the peace of Israel all the time. So we need to keep praying for them as we see them being surrounded more and more by their enemies. You know, we need to be praying for each other as a, as a family and as members. You know, be lifting everybody up in prayer. So for that, there's not going to be any kids' church today. The... Um, what else? You know, we do have a church app. Joe's got us going with a church app that if you're not on there, Joe, you can put that up. I don't know if you can hear me. There you go. We have this new church app now because now we have internet up here on the hill, believe it or not. Um, so it's amazing. After 27 years of waiting, you know, it's finally here. So praise God. <laughs> but you can check us out on the church app. And there's actually people now listening all over the place. It's amazing. Uh, so they listen to the sermons because Joe's been faithful, comes in every week, downloads the sermons, uploads them out there on the internet, and he gets them out there on, what are they on? Like MP3s, Joe, or what are they called? Spotify, Apple. Spotify, Apple. Yep, so he gets them all out there, which is great. Um, and believe it or not, there's people listening all over the world which is pretty amazing. All from a little bitty place on a hill. But thank God, praise God, to God be all the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I don't want to forget to take up an offering. So Grace, can you come on down? This offering isn't for us and it isn't for God. It's for you to be blessed. Amen? I remember when we first started the church, the Lord spoke to me about taking, I wasn't taking up offerings. And God said to me clearly, you are, you are passing up blessing upon your people because you're not being faithful to the word. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll take up an offering every Sunday because I want everybody to be blessed, right? Amen. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, and praise you for this offering that you're bringing into your house. Lord, you know where it goes. It goes to good things. Lord Jesus, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would continue to pour out your blessings upon us. Lord, you've been faithful to us. You've kept us going, Lord God, no matter what, Lord God. You've kept this place going. You've kept it alive and well. And Lord God, and, and the words being preached and ministries happening here, Lord Jesus. Lord God, believe it or not, Lord, it's, it's still going. And Lord, we just are praying that, Lord, you would continue and that you would continue Lord God, to do great things here and great things in our lives, that, Lord, you would continue to prosper us and bless us, that you would continue to keep your hand upon us, Lord God, that we may find shelter in the shadow of the Almighty. And, Father, we are just giving back to what you have already given to us, and we're giving it back to you 
uh, cheerfully, thankfully, joyfully, Lord God, as we give. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for each person. I pray your blessings upon them. Multiply them, Lord. Multiply their homes. Multiply the work of their hands. Prosper them and bless them. And keep them in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, we were so honored to have our family from New Jersey up here. It's a blessing. We were so honored that, Tony, you came up and you drummed. That was probably the best drumming this place has ever seen, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was great. We were very blessed. You know, it was easy to follow that beat. Let's put it that way. So praise God. Amen. God is good. And we're seeing that you're being blessed and your family's being blessed and multiplying. Lord, I just want to pray a special prayer over Emily right now and, her, and the baby in her womb. Lord God, I just pray for Emily and Anthony and their family. Lord God, that you would bless them and keep them. That Lord God, you would prosper them and give them good health. And that Lord God, you would raise up this child and Emily, Lord God, and all of their children, God, to know you. Lord God, that they would be a voice for you in your kingdom, Lord God, and that, Lord God, they would preach the word boldly, Lord God, and there, there would be signs and wonders following them wherever they go. And I just pray this, and I pray your covering and your angels to minister to them and to keep them, Lord God, and to keep watch over them. Lord God, I pray this, and I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Hebrews chapter 4. And if I sound like I'm hollering all the time, it's because I get excited when I'm reading the Word or preaching the Word. So you have to bear with me. My wife tells me all the time, you got to stop hollering. I said, I can't. I'm excited, you know. When you get excited, you just, everything, your tone gets louder, everything gets exaggerated a little bit, but Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you believe God's word is living? Do you believe God's word is living? Yes, Amen. Yes, it is alive and well. Right? You know, God's word is amazing to me. If you think about the Bible... If you think about a, de a delayed reaction, nothing like a delayed reaction. Amen. <laughs> but every time I think about the Bible, I can't help but think this is just an amazing book. The Word is amazing. It was written 6,000 years ago, and it's still applicable today. Can you think of any other book in the world that's like that, that's pertinent? Not only is it applicable about today, it's about the future. God's Word is amazing. 
I mean, you can look through the generations, from generation to generation, and how God's work is spoken in each one of our lives, and how God's word is spoken into our families' lives, into our children's lives, into the children of the future of our lives. It's amazing when I think about God's word and how powerful it is, and it can only be alive to do that. God's word can only be alive to do that. There's never been a book like it ever, and there will never be, because it is alive, because it's God's word. When he spoke it 6,000 years ago, and it's alive now more than ever. You know, when I think of it being alive, I also think about Jesus walking this earth. How much more alive can that be? Jesus in the flesh. You can reach out and touch him. The walking word of God. You know, all God, all man, all human. I think about how we need to take God's word and believe God's word. We need to believe it with all our hearts. All our soul, all our being, all our strength. Because everything in God's word is going to come to pass. You know, there in the Bible it's written, it's like a third of the Bible is all Bible. It's about prophecy. About a third of the Bible is prophecy. And you know, what amazes me is how people try to disprove the Bible. But how can you disprove something that when... Jesus himself fulfilled 44 of the biblical prophecies. How can, you, how can you argue? It just amazes me how people can argue about that. And how they can argue about the Bible. You know, and you don't even have to... And there's writings and teaching of Jesus that are even from other books than the Bible. I'm amazed when I think about it. All the prophecies. Jesus fulfilled 44 biblical prophecies. Isaiah in chapter 53. You know, I'm going to read it to you. Spoke of Jesus. I'm losing my pages. <laughs> my Bible marker. Bill. I always look at this when I open my word. And I'm like, okay, Bill, you're watching over me. Preach the word. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Isaiah chapter 53, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows. And familiar with sufferings, like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised, and he was esteemed, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. It's amazing 
That, that was spoken of Jesus, and that was 740 years before Jesus was even walked on the earth. How can you argue with such prophecy that is so focused, so perfect? I mean, you can't argue with that. Yet people argue. Yet people disbelieve. People have unbelief on the word. And that's what amazes me. So I plead to you, so today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. God is speaking to us all around. God is speaking loud and clear all around. There's signs and warnings that are going on right now where God is speaking. He's saying, you know, it's time. It's time we wake up. It's time we really believe. We got to get this in our hearts. We got to hold on to this with all we have. We can never give up or surrender on the faith of God or holding on to his garments. We have to believe his word with all our heart. God's word is true and alive. And whether we believe it or not, it's going to come to pass. You know, there's one part of the scriptures that I really like. Where it says, every knee will bow. You know, and in my pride, I think of, oh, they're finally going to get theirs when they see Jesus coming over the hills, you know. Oh, they're going to bow then because they're going to be, they're, every says every knee will bow. That's believer or unbeliever. You know, and in my pride, I think, yeah, you will just wait and see. But in my heart as a pastor, I plead, I was like, why do you have to wait and see? Why couldn't you just believe and stand on his word and believe it? Because then it might be too late when it comes to that point when Jesus comes over the hill and every knee is bowed. And if you haven't accepted him as your savior, you know, it's going to be too late. Because you've rejected the truth, you've rejected his word, you've rejected his son, Jesus. And it still is amazing that all the truths in the Bible, all the prophecies, yet people still reject them. And you know, a lot of people aren't even being raised with the word anymore. A lot of people, a lot of kids and children, you know, they just, they have this belief system in them that they can wait. We can wait. We can wait till the last minute to accept Jesus. You know, he's going to save us at the last minute. That's a scary place to be for anybody. You know, why, why wait when you can be sure of your salvation? You know, why wait when there's a solid rock, a solid foundation which we can stand on that we're sure of, and not just us, but all of our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and children yet to come. Why not give them a foundation? Because God has given us the greatest foundation there is. That's His Son, Jesus Christ. Who bore all our infirmities. Who was pierced for our transgressions. Many people want to turn away from what's going on around the world and what's happening around the world. Believe me, I don't want to hear in my, in my flesh, I don't want to hear that there's people suffering. 
I don't want to hear that there's, there's people over there in Kabul that are being martyred. I don't, honestly, I don't want to hear it. I would like to turn away and believe that it's not happening. But it is happening. And I can't turn away from it. But it's the same thing. A lot of people don't want to believe God's word because I honestly don't know why. I, I look at my salvation to myself and I think, all right, so on one hand, I can accept Jesus Christ and be saved and live forever in paradise with him. And I'm covered by the blood that he took all of my sins, everything that I've ever did that was terrible and bad. And he took them and he cast them as far as the east is to the west and they're no more. So let me see. Or I can just take my chances over here on this side, you know, and I can believe, well, you know, things are going to get bad, things are going to get, you know, better. But, you know, if you're a good man, you might be able to make it, but maybe not. But I really don't know. Because I don't really know where the other places land or, you know, or what they, what they really truly believe in. But I'm like, if you think of it, I'm a common sense kind of guy. So it's like my common sense says I'm going to jump over here in the Jesus boat because, you know, hey, if I just believe by the blood of Jesus that he took all that stuff away from me and I believe it in my heart and don't doubt it, then I'm going to be with him forever. I mean, why not? You know, my, and my common sense, why not believe that? Right? Why take my chances on anything else? You know, why not believe in something that was written 6,000 years ago that hasn't changed and prophecies have come to pass like no other book in history, like nothing can compare to it? Why, why would I doubt that what God says about the end times are, is not going to happen? You know, but a lot of people want to believe that. They don't want to believe that, that all these things are going to happen. Well, they're going to happen. You know, there's things that are going to get hard for all of us as Christians. You know, it's not going to be just a walk in the park where it's going to be all rosy and rosy and chocolate cake and ice cream. You know, it's, it's not all about that. But the great thing is, what's after that? It's what we look forward to. It's like, the, it's like what Paul said, I run the race. I run in the race because there's a prize at the end of that race that I'm trying to attain or trying to achieve and I want to get there and I'm going to get there with all my heart. You know, that's what I want. You know, I'm, I'm running the race and I'm looking to great things because there's great things ahead for us who believe that stand on the word of God, that trust in Jesus Christ, his son, and don't doubt. Why not? Run the race. You know, the, in Hebrews, it talks about entering God's rest. You know, like Tony was saying to me earlier today, I don't like camping because I'm outside all the time working. Right? I'd rather be in a hotel room and I can't blame him. I'd like a bed too. Right? But like, We've worked so hard and strived so hard on this earth, right? And it hasn't been always easy. It's been a, it's been a chore, and sometimes you feel like you're just you're just plowing ground, and you just can't stop plowing, and you got to keep plowing forward, no matter what. I just got to, and that's how I feel a lot of times. I just got to keep plowing. I just got to keep pulling that plow and plowing forward, and trusting God that He's right there with me, plowing along with me, until God tells me to do something otherwise. But we got to keep. Pressing in and pressing in 
Because I want to enter that rest that God talks about. You know, there's a rest out there that God talks about. And it's in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And it's a promise. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, that means it's still available for us. That means God's rest is still there. It hasn't been taken away. And it's not going to be taken away until Jesus comes. And then that rest is going to be too late, but we can enter into God's rest. Now, it's still available. It's a promise. We enter his rest, still stands. Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them. Because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So we who believe can enter that rest. So we believe God's word is God's word. We don't doubt it in our heart. We believe that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And it says in Corinthians, where is it? I'm skipping all over the place here, so you've got to bear with me. But it says in Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 4, 14 through 18, that Jesus, who rose from the dead, is basically going to raise us too with him. Right? Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. So we believe that, that God rose Jesus from the grave and that he is faithful to us, his children, that he's going to raise us too with him. If he raised Jesus and Jesus said that he wants us to be with him, we believe that with all our heart. We're going to believe that Jesus is going to raise us too. Amen. And that we can enter that rest that God is, that Paul is talking about here in Hebrews. Because I'm telling you, a lot of us need some rest. I mean, I'm not talking about entering his rest right now. But, it, you know, wouldn't it be great if we all entered his rest right now together? If the Lord came over that hill on a white horse and we're all gathered here in the church and worshiping God and praising God and listening to his word. Wouldn't that be the best place to be for his return? Wouldn't that be like, God, here I am. I'm in your house. This is God's house. You know, I'm in your house. We're here worshiping you and praising you. And here you are. You're coming on that day at this time. That, and we're, we're all caught up together. And that's going to be amazing. You know, last night... We watched the show, I watched the show. It's called The Moment After. And it's about the rapture, about the end times. Right? And in that show, the rapture's already taken place. There's two FBI agents that are out and they're, they're, they're they had their whole FBI squad that was out looking to find out where all these missing people went. Millions of people missing in the rapture. Right? And so they're out they're interviewing people, the family members that are, that are left behind, and they're like, I don't know. At one moment, they were, she was in the car. We were talking. The next moment, I just turned around, and she was gone. 
and just gone. You know, and in, and in one scene, the lady's giving her description where she didn't believe fully in the Word of God and in the Bible, but her husband's been going to this church for two years with the kids, and he was reading them Bible stories, and he came home from work, and he sits down in his chair, and he's reading the kids the Bible story of Jonah, and then he turns and he looks up, and then he turns and he looks at his wife, and at that moment when he looks at his wife, he knew that she was going to be left because she didn't believe in the Word, and they, her, him and the kids were gone. So these two agents are out there interviewing all these people. And he's flipping through. They're trying. They can't come up with any kind of explanation where they all went, you know. So he's flipping through the TV channel, the one agent is. And he comes across a uh, news anchor who's interviewing these three doctors. One's like a doctor, science doctor, got his doctorate in science. One's a doctor in the Bible, biblical scholar. And the other one is an uh, astrophysicist doctor who also believes in aliens and other things. And they're going through their thing, and they're like, well, this is, you know, uh, because of God's calling of the earth, you know, this one doctor, like, we had, he had to decrease the population, so they took some people away. <laughs> I'm like, well, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So then another, another doctor said, well, haven't you heard of all these alien abductions and things going on? like that and it's been going on for a long time and now the aliens just came and took millions of them so but the one biblical doctor is like well it's the rapture it's all the rapture it's been written about in the bible but you guys don't want to hear it or believe it so but what really caught my attention was when he was talking about the rapture the one physicist doctor looked at him and said well why are you still here why are you still here you're a biblical scholar a pastor of a church why are you still here? And at that moment, he just looked down. He didn't know what to say. But he interviewed, the agent went and interviewed this biblical scholar, and he was telling him all about the rapture. And he goes, it's because I really didn't believe it in my heart. I really didn't believe it in my heart. You know, remember the man who took his child to see Jesus? And he said, to him and his son couldn't be healed or delivered from this demonic and he said to him Jesus forgive me I know you can heal him forgive me for my unbelief you know I look at myself sometimes and I, I have to I can't point the finger but anywhere but myself and I was like you know Lord I really need to have that kind of belief where there is no doubt where I just believe a hundred percent in your word and I'm standing on that rock and I know I'm standing on that rock and I'm not no I'm doing that but I'm also trusting my whole family for for they're in your hands what greater place to put any of our children or grandchildren than in the hands of the loving God Jesus who sent his son for us so that we can raise and live and be with him in paradise you know there's no better place to be than that and you know, when you look at the Word and you start reading the Word of God and it comes alive to you in your heart, and that's what's amazing about the Word of God, is that it's been coming alive in people's hearts for 6,000 generations. You know, when you read the Word and it speaks to your heart, you can't deny that. When I was saved on a park bench in Utah, I couldn't deny what Jesus did to me. I could not deny it. And all my, you know, and I tell them, I tell everybody, it's like, I can't. You know, God spoke to me. 
he literally spoke to me on a park bench. And he didn't, it wasn't like, for thou all shirt, you know, all this. It was like, it was a warning. It was a warning in my life, but it spoke right to my heart. And he changed me ever since then. He told me, he goes, you either go home or you go to jail for the rest of your life or you'll end up dead. You choose. That's what God said to me. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. So I chose to go home. And here I am preaching the word of God. <laughs> and that's what's amazing. Because it changed my whole life. It took me from an addict who was a drug addict, who was homeless on a park bench, who had nothing, to here I am. You know, and I've never, I never went back. I never looked back. I never had all these cravings or withdrawals because God delivered me from it. And I believed it. There's so much in the power of belief. And, when, and there's so much in the power of when God does something in a person that's supernatural, that it's done. You know, and it's done. I mean, you can bank on it. You can trust in it. You, I put everything in it. Everything I got's in the Word of God. Everything I've got is standing on the rock of salvation. Everything I am is because of who God, what God has done for me. And everything where God has pushed me is all because of His glory. You know? So, believe the Word of God. Help us. I pray my prayers help us with our unbelief. Help us to get past those things that are stumbling us. Help us to grow past those things. Help us to get past those. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to see, hear, and receive all that you have for us today. That, Lord God, we can be in the will of in your will, in your perfect will. Because we all want to be in God's will. We all want to please God. We're, I mean, I don't know a child that does not want to really please his father. You know? I always, I want, you know, I want to please my father. You know, I didn't have a good father. You know, I had a terrible father. So when I accepted Jesus Christ, I all of a sudden became an adopted son. And now I have a father who I just want to please all the time. And it's, a, it's an instinct for every child. I don't care how old you are, young you are, you still want to please your father. And, I, and that's what I want to do. I want to please him. And I don't want to have any doubt. So Lord, forgive me if I have any doubt in me. Forgive me if I have any unbelief in me that's holding me back for the purpose, for the per, your purpose, but for your perfect will. Amen? Amen. And that's what I get from the word. I mean, I struggle sometimes with people that have unbelief and struggle with, with the word and things like that because it's like, well, why not believe it? Why not? Why, why can't you believe on God's word when everything's coming to pass? I mean, I, can, I usually preach on end times a lot because I believe that's what we're in. We're in the end times. Things are not going to get better for us. They're not going to get better. The Bible... The only time it gets better for us is when we're gone and we're with him. And we have that millennial reign. You know, and we have that as a promise. So my prayer for each one of us today is that, Lord God, I pray that you would help us with our unbelief. Help us to stand on your word. Help us to hide it in our hearts. Because, Lord, we're going to need it someday, I believe, to have your word hidden in our hearts. Lord God, that we know your word, that we can stand on it, and that we're not being tossed to and fro by every wave 
or wind of doctrine that's out there that's trying to distort your word, that's trying to deny your word, that's trying to deny you, deny Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Father God, um, that you would just open our eyes and our ears to that. And Lord, most of all, open our eyes and ears and hearts to your voice. Lord God, we're your sheep. Lord, you're our shepherd. Lord, you lead us to green pastures. Lord God, you are leading us, Lord God, down paths of righteousness for your namesake. Lord God, you will never fail us or you will never forsake us. Lord God, your word says you will never fail us or forsake us. Lord God, and I, I've stood on that for many, many years. Lord God, and I just pray, Lord God, that this day, that Lord, that you would make straight our paths, that you would go before us. Lord God, and make straight our path and that you would let us know what you want us to do for your kingdom and for your glory. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So I thank every one of you guys. I thank every one of you for coming. And we want to pray for you guys before you guys head out. So you have traveling mercies that God makes straight your path. Amen. <laughs> All the way back home. So I'm going to put this down.